reason we praise him is because we love him. And the reason we love him is because he first loved us. Oh, how I love Jesus. that song I'm reminded about our follow Jesus groups this morning and uh, the last couple of weeks uh, we saw last Sunday where uh, where Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and and was wiping uh, that expensive perfume on on uh, Jesus's feet with with her hair and of course that perfume cost uh, an average two-year wages that's how expensive and costly it was and and so um, she didn't just say that she loved Jesus she showed that she loved Jesus but you know the thing about it is um, Jesus's love for us is the greatest and it's and it's when his love for us um, when we understand and when we've we, we have received his love that we then can show his love you know for others and so um, so I pray that we would make sure that um, that what we do for Jesus is, is an act of worship because of his love for us. He gave himself for us. And, um, and I love the message of that song. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. And think about that tonight. Think about God's great love for you that was demonstrated at Calvary. His wonderful, amazing love for you. And, um, and then as a result of that, when we've experienced that love, everything that we do ought to be an act of worship out of love for the Lord. And so I pray that's the case tonight. And, and I hope that, uh, that that's true in each and every one of our lives. And so I welcome you here tonight, and, and I'm so glad that we're uh, back together tonight. And I just want to um, uh, just remind you about our, uh, our Wednesday morning prayer meeting, our men. I encourage you to come, 4.30. Also, our Wednesday night, uh, 7 o'clock. Hope you'll 
uh, be here if you can. And, and then Mother's Day, this coming Sunday, we'll be having child dedication. And, um, and then, of course, um, we'll be honoring our graduates on the 15th and looking forward to that. And then on the 22nd, we'll have our memorial fellowship on the grounds. Uh, we'll have our worship service outside in open air and bring a lounge chair, bring a friend. As I shared this morning, let's, uh, let's reach out and let's share the good news and let's invite someone to come and, and join us. I pray that we'll reach out and, and uh, we'll see God do great things and change lives as we meet outside. We'll have our uh, cookout as well that will follow that. There is a sign-up sheet for our memorial fellowship on the ground, so I just want to remind you about that. And then, um, and then in the evening service on the 22nd, we'll have our baccalaureate service. So I'm uh, looking forward to the next couple of weeks, a lot of things uh, planned, and, and I pray that the Lord would be glorified. And, and I'm also um, grateful to hear the good news about Barry Chapel. His surgery went well, and Lord willing, he'll be in a regular room, and, and then um, continue to pray for uh, Miss Helen. I know uh, you'll be having surgery. I think you got to be there at 6 in the morning, I understand. So uh, we love you. We'll be praying for you, and uh, also uh, continue to pray for Cindy as well. Uh, she's always here. You know, always here uh, working with our with our audio visual and so we pray that she'll feel better as well also remember our shut-in and our shut-in of the week is miss sue balding and her information is in the bulletin so pray that we'll reach out to her and let her know that we uh, care and and uh, that we're thinking about her and i know that that would be such an encouragement to her and uh, the bulletin has information about the uh, items for the month for operation christmas child so just want to remind you about that as well and then also we start today with our uh, sign-up sheet for uh, our axe table over here to my right so be in prayer about how God would have us to serve and it's my prayer that that maybe we'll even start some new ministries and that God will lay things on our hearts and that we'll be willing to serve and, and so I just encourage you uh, be in prayer uh, about that as well but let's go to the Lord in prayer thank you for being here tonight and uh, let's pray together Heavenly Father we come before you in Jesus' name, and Lord, we exalt you, we give you praise. God, my heart has just been blessed today. I thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you and to praise you, and, and Lord, to open your word and to receive the truth of your word. I'm grateful for that, dear Lord, and I just ask tonight that, Lord, that you'll meet with us, Lord, that we'll meet with you tonight. God, we'll look to you. God, as you speak, God, I pray that we'll respond, and, and Lord, that we'll trust you more and more, that we'll grow in our faith. Help us, Lord Jesus. It's good to see visitors this morning. Love to see them come back, Lord. We pray for them as well. And, and uh, we just ask, God, that you will be glorified and that, Lord, that we'll truly be a lighthouse in this community. We pray for all the things coming up, child dedication, Lord. We pray for the ones dedicating their children. And, God, that you would just help them, Lord, to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, and uh, Lord, we pray also for, uh, for the graduates. And, and we celebrate with them and be honoring them. And, baccalaureate coming up just pray that you will use that and um, and then Lord I just pray for our memorial fellowship on the grounds Lord I just ask that you would speak and God that you'll be glorified and Lord that we'll just unite together Lord to to just make an effort to reach out and God I pray you'll bless and, and help us tonight Lord Jesus may you be honored and glorified in the precious name of Jesus we pray amen have we, have we fellowship let's stand together let's fellowship together
sing no not one I love the message of that song. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. And he's worthy. If we could ever grasp that, that he really is worthy, and he really does deserve um, our full surrender, and uh, he deserves our, our commitment and, and everything. I mean, he, he paid it all. And he really is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I pray that um, that, that, that would be always on our minds and on our hearts that we do what we do not out of obligation not because it's the thing to do but because of Jesus and that our eyes would be focused on the author and finisher of our faith and you know we're, we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior that's not an end uh, that's not something that we uh, do and just say well I'm glad I'm not going to hell and 
and then we just kind of live our own life and do our own thing. Uh, salvation's a glorious beginning. We trust Christ and we, we turn to the Lord. And He's not only our Savior, but He's our Lord. He's our Lord and Savior and He's worthy. And we give Him our life and we fully surrender to Him. And, and, and we live each and every day. And, and He changes us from the inside out so that we are better and better. You know, as we grow in Christ and our faith is strengthened. And, and you know, I, I don't want to just start well for the Lord. I want to finish well for the Lord. So that like the Apostle Paul, we can say, you know, that, that, that we're like, a, like an offering that we've poured out in our life and, and um, that we uh, stay faithful and we're steadfast and, and uh, that we couldn't say that there's a time when I was closer to God than I am now, but we're growing and uh, we're trusting and we're believing and we're praying and, and, uh, and we're serving God and we're doing it all because of Jesus. And I, I was, uh, had the privilege yesterday of uh, running in a, a 5K race that right here in town, the Liberty High School Interact Club, a wonderful group. And actually the money that they raised is going to help doctors over uh, uh, overseas, um, over in Ukraine, actually. And, uh, Mr. Arms uh, was telling me he didn't know that until recently where the money was going. But, but how wonderful it is that right here in Liberty, Liberty High School students worked hard and uh, there's a fundraiser and the money that was raised, they had sponsors and of course the, uh, the, the fee to participate, all of that uh, went, is going to help doctors over in Ukraine. And, and, um, and so I, I, was, I was honored to be a part of that and I was, I'm grateful for the good work. And, and so, uh, so I, as I was running, um, I noticed that I, I pointed out someone that I wanted to catch. And, and we, uh, about a mile and a half in, uh, this guy was beginning to fade. I think he probably didn't pace himself well. And, and I noticed uh, when I made the turn right there at the old Nino's right there, I, I looked up and I saw right there going up that hill at Roses, there was, there was a guy that I saw that had stopped and started walking. And so I was closing in on him. And, um, and then we, we made the turn at Liberty Bell, you know, taking the loop there. And we got to Ace Hardware and I noticed he's walking again. And, and I, I, was, I was trying to catch him. And, and, uh, and then when we got down to the corner, he started running again. He got down to the corner of Yanks to cross over. Um, he, he ran, of course, to cross over the road. We had a, a policeman there to help us cross, but, um, but he started walking at the post office, and I'm just closing the gap. And then he was running, and he took the loop there, uh, you know, where Karen lives there. And, and, uh, and so I didn't see him for a while, and I came on this stretch right here on Edgemont, and I could see him. He was still running. I said, well, I've closed in, but I don't think I'm going to be able to catch him, you know. And so uh, we, the, the route, we came down through here, and you turn at the buses and came to the back lot, uh, to run up to the uh, the street up there, and I noticed he was he was walking, and so I, I kind of you know sped up a little bit. I said, "Here's my chance," you know. And of course, he couldn't see me, but I could see him obviously. And I was I'd been sizing him up for almost a mile and a half, trying to catch him. And and so we get up to the hill there, and I passed him going up that steep hill to the road. And so there's the there's the last stretch right there from uh, the exit of our church to the Family Life Center where the the finish line was. And so I passed him. And when I got up here to the stop sign, I could hear footsteps behind me, and I knew he was trying to catch me. And I said, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to pass you and work hard to pass you for you to pass me. And so we, we kind of were racing there to the end. And, um, and I guess I, I finished probably five seconds ahead of him. And then as it turned out, I found out later that uh, that was the position, that was the third and fourth position for our age group, and they, were, they awarded medals for third place. So, uh, so I, I won third place because I... You know, I, I tracked this guy down, and, um, and I thought about that 
you know, um, I want to finish well for the Lord. I want to run the race, and I want to stay in the race, and I don't want to fizzle uh, at the finish. I, I want to, I want to uh, run and, and stay in the race and, and, and not fizzle out. And, and I pray that that is true of us, you know, that we get our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith, and we run the race well. Uh, we don't get out of the race, and we don't slow down or, or quit, but we, but we stay in the race, and we, we run the race that God has marked out for us, and we stay faithful to the Lord, and we don't fizzle, but we, we, we finish strong. And that's, that's what I pray would be the case for every one of us uh, here at Liberty First, that we'll run the race that God has, has uh, mapped out for us and that we'll stay faithful because He's going to be faithful to us. Let's stay faithful to Him and run the race, and, and, uh, and let's, let's tell others and be witnesses of Christ and, and do the work that God has, has commissioned us to do as we... Uh, shared this morning and as we think about I, I shared this morning about our Acts table and a church that serves there's no doubt that God has given every believer a spiritual gift and many have gifts not just one but multiple gifts and based on those gifts are, is how God wants us to serve I mean it could be the gift of encouragement uh, you know sending out cards or calling people letting them know that you know that you're thinking about them or praying for them now, all Christians ought to do that, but you may just be gifted extra to be able to do that. It might be the gift of teaching. It might be the gift of leadership. Uh, it might be the gift of administration. You know, it might be the gift of singing. Um, whatever it might be, it might be the gift of, of serving, maybe, maybe doing things behind the scenes, and that's kind of what you enjoy is, is kind of the, the, you know, the messy stuff maybe that people, you know, really don't want to do anything or have anything to do with. Whatever it might be, I think it's important for us to know where we're gifted so that we might serve God. And that's my prayer for our church family here in these next several weeks especially. As we think about a new church year and we think about serving God and, and, and uh, I pray that we'll just come familiar with how God has gifted us and then let the Lord speak to us how He would have us serve. And then, and then you'll make an item of prayer and then share that with us. And I pray that, that we'll feel that uh, the, that sign-up sheet o over there. There's, there's probably seven or eight pages there. Several ministries of our church are represented. And, um, and I pray that we would seek the Lord and, and that we would be willing to serve. God, give us willing hearts that would be willing to serve. And as we think about you know, spiritual gifts, Roman, Romans chapter 12 here gives us the reason to serve, just like we had already shared about. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name and, and and so the reason that we serve is a is an act of worship to the lord have you ever observed someone or maybe listened to someone and just thought something's not right they just don't seem real you know the most vivid illustration i can think about uh, when i when i think of somebody that just didn't seem right or they didn't seem genuine or real you remember when susan smith was pleading on tv for her two boys uh, thought that they, you know, at the time said that they were kidnapped. But in all the while, she knew that evil deed that she did in drowning her two boys. I, I, especially moms. I remember at that time that moms were saying, that something's not right about that because of a mother's love. And they just, they just saw that it was not real. And when we think about worship tonight, I just have a question. Is it real? Is your worship real? Well, let's think about that question tonight as we seek to answer three principles about real worship. And it's my prayer that each of us tonight can say that our worship is real. It's not just going through the motions. It's not superficial. It's not for our glory. 
You know, what we do and when we sing and preach and we teach and all that we do should be for the glory of God. We just ought to be uh, willing vessels that God can use, be instruments that God can use. I mean, I think about that guitar sitting over there. On its own, it can't do anything. But somebody picks it up and uses that instrument, then it's able you know, to, to be used for the very purpose that it was made. Well, you and I, we've been created on purpose by God to worship and serve God. Let's be instruments that God can use. And let's make sure that the reason that we do what we do is out of worship for the Lord. So let's look here in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I want us to see three principles from these two verses about real worship. Notice with me here in verse 1 of Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service or your act of worship. And do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to help us tonight. Lord, teach us from your word. Speak to our hearts. And God, as you do, I pray that we'll respond in obedience, by faith, trusting you. I pray that we can understand tonight what real worship is. And I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't just go through the motions. We wouldn't just do it because it's the thing to do. Just like gathering on Sunday is what we've always done. Lord, I pray that we would gather to worship the living God. And Lord, to hear from you. And Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us tonight. And may we respond in obedience in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, I want us to see, first of all, here in verse 1, that real worship is how you live. You think about worship, it's not just what we do on Sundays or even on Wednesdays. That's great. Obviously, we're gathering tonight. We gathered this morning for worship. And, and so we, we come together, we worship the Lord. But real worship in its purest form is not just what we do here together here in this sanctuary but real worship is what we do outside the walls. Real worship is how we live. Notice here in verse 1, Paul mentions here, presenting your bodies a, what does it say? Living sacrifice. Sacrifice is important in the Old Testament. But also obedience is more important. And I just want to remind you about this. I mean, you think about uh, a, a sacrifice that was needed in the Old Testament according to the law of God. The sacrifices that had to be made. You know, the burnt offerings. And they would offer sacrifices as an act of worship. And that was, that was to deal with the people's sin. You know, the, the blood from the sacrifice that was made was, was used as a cleansing of the sin so that those uh, that, that were offering the sacrifice would be able to worship the Lord uh, with clean hands and a pure heart so to speak. But I'm reminded in 1 Samuel chapter 15 uh, verse 22, Samuel said has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold, listen to this to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken that the fat of rams. Jesus when we think about sacrifices Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice. And, and certainly the sacrifices were important. That's what God established, and that was according to His law. God's a holy God, and we've got to deal with our sin. But notice this. The Word of God 
even in 1 Samuel 15, brings out the point that obedience is better than sacrifice. And you think about uh, times when the prophet would remind the people of God, you know, that, uh, that what they were doing uh, was, was disobedient to the Lord. They were maybe offering sacrifices and they were going through the motions. But the problem was that it wasn't from their hearts and God knew. And so the prophet would warn the people. They, uh, they were making the sacrifices and going through the motions, but their heart wasn't in it. And so there, there really wasn't real worship. Even though they were doing the right things and, and doing it maybe the right way, but their heart wasn't in it. But when you think about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He is our ultimate sacrifice. He gave His life. And then as a result of what He did for us, we give our life to the Lord. We daily sacrifice our life. Lay aside our desires and our selfishness and we obey the Lord. And so a living sacrifice, we offer ourselves. But notice this, a living sacrifice that is holy. That means that we are set apart from something to something else. Well, obviously, you know, as we think about presenting our bodies, you know, as a holy sacrifice, we are setting ourselves apart from ourselves, setting ourselves apart from the world for the Lord, to honor God. And, and so we... We set ourselves apart. And you see that here in verse 1, that we offer ourselves a living sacrifice, holy, set apart from ourselves from the world, set apart for the Lord to honor and glorify God. You know, before I was saved, I've shared this before, I, I tried to please others, I tried to live for others, and I, I wanted to be well-liked, as, you know, we all do. And, and you know, my life was, was about wanting... To be, to be accepted by others. But then when I got saved and I began to live for God, there was a satisfaction there that couldn't compare to what my life was like before Christ. I was alone. I was on my own, you know, living my life for myself, trying to please others. But then when I got saved and I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I realized that only Jesus satisfies and that is true as we live for the Lord. You know, we need to honor God and, and, and we need to focus on the author and finisher of our faith and, and, and trust the Lord. And, and, and real praise, real worship is not emotions. It's, it's how we live. Why do we, why do we do what we do? You know, are, are we just going through the motions? I mean, if he's truly, if, if we're truly saved, I mean, he's changing us from the inside out. And so that, that, that begins to become evident. We love the Lord. We love Jesus for all He's done for us. And so we offer ourselves a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You know, how, how hypocritical is it to come to church on Sunday and to love to sing His praise, but then go out on Monday and through the rest of the week and we don't honor God? That's... That's not what we're talking. That's not what Paul is talking about here. Worship is, is offering ourselves to God. It's our reasonable service. Notice that here at the end of verse 1. We present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. In other words, that's your act of worship. It's out of love for God. We're not talking about emotions here. 
but we're talking about how we live. Why do we do? Why do we live the way we live? Because we love God and because He's worthy. You know, um, worship is 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 not just. I mean, we think we have a, we have a in our in our minds that worship is a lot of times, you know, what we do inside the walls of the church, and that is that is true. You know, it is what we do. We worship. It ought to be worship. When we gather together, it ought to be worship. It ought to be about Jesus. But I want you to know, based on what we see here in verse 1 of Romans 12, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's the life that we live. You know, do, do we worship God on Monday through Saturday? Or is it just a Sunday thing? You know, how do we live during the week? That's our reasonable service. It's our act of worship. It's, it's not just emotions. Man, if I'm shedding crocodile tears about, oh, how he loves me, he loves me, and I'm focusing on and it's great, you know, to understand he does love me, but then that doesn't motivate me on Monday through Saturday to present myself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, then what I did on Sunday was just emotions. You know, worship is, is, is not when we cry, but it's when we change. <laughs> we love God enough to say, Lord, you're right, and I give you my life in a way that's holy and acceptable to you. That's, that's real worship. Are you more acceptable to the world than God's Word? I mean, think about it. Am I, am I offering myself, am I, am I acceptable to a holy God? And that is, by faith in Christ, I trust in Jesus. I've been washed in His blood, been robed in His righteousness, the Bible says. And that ought to motivate me then, how I live each and every day, to offer myself a living sacrifice and that's my reasonable service that's my act of worship so think about it it is true we worship we ought to worship be reverence have reverence for God here in this place it's a sacred place time that we set aside to worship him and, and the reality is you know that every time we meet together we ought to cherish it I want to be with the people of God because it's important to worship the Lord and it amazes me, you know, how we just are so indifferent anymore. You know, go, going to church, we've turned it in a lot of times to more social things instead of spiritual. It really ought to be about worship. But not only when we gather here, but how we live outside the walls. And I'm telling you, that's real worship, is choosing each and every day to honor God, presenting myself a living sacrifice. The best thing we can do is to worship God each and every day, offer ourselves a living sacrifice. So what does my life, I just want us to think about this right now, what does my life, what does your life say about real worship? I mean, do we, do we worship Him each and every day? Are we offering ourselves a living sacrifice? Because here's the thing, worship is life, how we live our life. Jesus is worthy. But also I want us to see in the first part of verse 2 that real worship does not conform to this world. You know, conform really means to shape you or, or to mold you. You think about a jello mold. You know, uh, the shape of that jello is going to be, you know, shaped according to that mold that it's put in. You just take maybe some orange jello and you have a tiger pole mold. I'm, I'm sure Dina Counts has a tiger pole mold at home and and so I'm sure she's made some orange jello before. And, and of course, if you put that jello uh, into that mold, 
that's what's going to shape that mold. And, and, and so that's what we think about when we, we see this in verse 2. Notice this. Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't let the world shape you or mold you in how you act and how you talk and the choices you make and, and how you treat others. Don't let the world shape you. Don't conform to this world. You know, the world says it's okay to cross the line. You know, honesty, just go ahead and tell a lie. It's okay. That's what the world says. But we shouldn't conform to the world. I mean, we think about uh, it's, it's popular today for, for young couples to, uh, to live together. Uh, they're, not, they're not married. They haven't taken vows to, you know, before God. And so you know, what they're doing is, is committing fornication. Well, the world says, it's okay. Go ahead. Do it. Well, if you want the blessing of God and you want to honor God, then let's do things God's way. That's the best way. But the world, you know, the world has their way and the world just, you know, the world says here's what's acceptable. But the Bible says here in verse 2 that we're not to be conformed to this world. On and on. We can give example after example. I could ask you, what are some examples, you know, that the world says is okay that many are conforming to? Boy, there's, there's a lot. Well, you think about, and I, I mentioned this, I, I guess it was last week. Uh, you, you think about um, how the world has, has said, you know, that, that, uh, that same-sex marriage is acceptable. The world has said that, uh, that it's acceptable uh, for someone who is a, is a male to just identify as a female. And, and the world says that that's okay. Well, I just, I just want you to know, and I, and I think about, I, I don't understand uh, this, and I, I, I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to, to understand why our world praises those who identify with something that they're not even have been created for. I, I mean, is it not courageous to embrace how God has made you? I mean, I mean, the, I mean Psalm 139 makes it clear that God was involved in creating us when we were in our mother's womb. He was knitting us together. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And by the way, God doesn't make any junk. There's nobody that's an accident. God has created us on purpose to be who we are. Let's embrace that. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to understand. You know, the world says, you know, just embrace that. And it's not even true. I was talking with a with Mr. Thorsland this week. We were talking about the Gideons and talking about baccalaureate and talking about uh, Lord willing uh, coming up. We're going to have a focus on uh, the beginnings and on Genesis and creation. And, um, and, and you know, Mr. Thorsland, of course, he was a biology teacher before he was principal. And, and, and he was talking about how, you know, these things can't even be proven in a lab. He was talking about how... Um, you know, the chromosomes, there's, there's the male chromosomes and the, the female chromosomes, and you can try to identify however you want to identify, and you can even take supplements or, or whatever, but the cells within your body is based upon the, the chromosomes that you were created for. I mean, you can't, you can't doctor up the cells. It is what it is. And so why would we embrace something that's a lie? And so, I mean, I think about our, our middle schoolers. I had the, the privilege, wonderful privilege of of speaking to our middle schoolers at FCA um, here just, just on Friday uh, after two years of not having FCA. 
they started it back and, and they're hoping to have a strong finish so that it can pick back up in the fall. And, and I was honored to be able you know, to speak. And I think about our middle schoolers and, and, and if, if all they have is the influence of the culture and the world, what happens is they begin to conform to the culture and to the world. And so the world praises certain things that, that's, that's a lie, that's not true. And, and, but what about, what about us as believers? You know, are, are we conforming more to uh, the Word of God and to what honors God, or are we conforming to what the world says? Just, just think about that. Perhaps there would be even more people here tonight if they hadn't conformed to the world. They're conforming to the world and the ways of the world. And so, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're doing whatever. I, I'm just trying to imagine right now, and I know that there are those that, that probably can't be here. They're providentially hindered or, or they're, you know, they're not feeling like Cindy Lawrence. I know she'd be here, but she's sick. And, and, and you think about all of that. But I just wonder, what's more important right now? What is somebody that ought to be here tonight, what are they doing right now that's more important than meeting with the people of God? What about those that weren't here this morning? They were just off doing other things. What is it that's more important than being with the people of God? Could it be that we're conforming to the world more than we're conforming to offering ourselves a living sacrifice. You know, real worship does not conform to this world. And, and, and again, we see that in verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. What the world says is okay. It's okay to cuss. It's okay to lie. God's word says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, you know, be a, be a person of your word. Also, out of the same mouth comes cursing and praise, uh, the Bible says. That's not right. What about us? You know, the world says, okay, you just, there's times you just got to get somebody's attention and you got to let those words fly to let them know that you mean business. But God's Word has something else to say about that. Are we conforming to the world or are we conforming to the, to the Word of God? What about alcohol? Oh, my goodness. We're fascinated with that today, aren't we? We can't, we can't seem to... To have dinner and we can't seem to go to parties unless we have that stuff Ephesians 5.19 says be not drunk with wine wherein is excess wine and alcohol influences us you know to do things that we normally wouldn't do it alters us And uh, Proverbs 23.32 compares alcohol to a venomous snake and shares how you know we can't think straight and we can't process things right because of that stuff I just want you to know I don't know how anybody can be a better Christian with alcohol I, I, I don't does it make you a better person I don't see how it makes you a better person let alone I don't see how it makes you a better Christian but the world says go right ahead you know help yourself if it feels good do it you know that, that's the world well, let's conform not to the world but notice this in verse 2 but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world says it's okay, but let's be transformed by the work, but by the renewing of our mind. How we think, you know, the the, the kind of change. It, it's you know, it's a change that that is different from how we used to be, you know, when before Christ. And, and my question is, this renewing of our mind. This is a uh, this is growing spiritually. This is maturing in our faith. You know, it's, it's a change of mind. And that change of mind then 
leads to a, an act of faith. And I apply that truth to my heart and life so that I'm changing. I'm not the same person that I was. And God is changing me. He's renewing my mind. You know, this is the battleground right here. If I think it, eventually it's going to come out. I'll eventually do it. And, and so we need, to, we need to have our minds renewed. How does that happen? You know, by the power of God. Notice this again. Um, be re, by the renewing of your mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewing of our mind. The entrance of the Alamo has a portrait of James Butler Bonham. And, and uh, no picture of him truly exists. But the portrait of his, his nephew resembled him. And so that's the portrait that they used. Well, there's, there's really no portrait of Jesus that's, that exists either. We've all seen, you know, we've all seen uh, different portraits of, of Jesus. But what we think about it, when someone looks at you and me, they ought to see the resemblance of Christ as we, as we worship the Lord and we become Christ-like. We, we allow the Lord through His Word and through the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. And as our minds are renewed, it changes us on the outside. And that, that's real worship. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe I don't do the things I used to do. I don't participate in the things I used to participate in. Why? Because I love the Lord. And I've got nothing to go back to in my past. And I just want to honor God. That's worship. That's real worship. When you choose obedience, and you choose to honor God, it doesn't matter if nobody else is doing it. You choose to honor God. That's worship. My eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. And Lord, I choose you, and I choose what's right. That's worship. So, notice with me also in the last part of verse 2 that real worship cherishes God's will. Notice this together. That we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, real worship is presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. How we live each and every day. Worship is life. And then, we don't conform to this world. You know, that's, that's the problem in our in a lot of churches today is, is, is to try to reach the world. We begin to embrace the, the, the things of the world. And when we do that, saying that we, you know, that we care about them and that we, that we love them. But I, but I notice here that we're not to conform to the world. We're supposed to stand out and be different. That's, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. And the world is supposed to be attracted to that. You know, the idea that we win the world by being like the world is, is false. It's not what the Bible teaches. I go out and have a beer with somebody that, you know, that's not a Christian. Is that, is that really? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying don't associate with them. But I, there ought to be a difference. They ought to say, well, why, why are you not? Why are you? Why, I've noticed you've never partook of alcohol. What a great opportunity. It's not saying I'm better than they are, but I love Jesus. And I just figured out that, you know, I, I want him to influence me. I want the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit, not full of, of, of alcohol. And, and I want the Holy Spirit to change me from the inside out. There ought to be a difference. And so we cherish God's will that we might prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know, God's got a wonderful plan for His children. 
renewed minds, honor and obey Him. There's nothing like it. Nothing can compare to His will. The world is passing away. The world is, is, is corrupting and, and just fading, passing away. But you and I, we know the Lord Jesus. And we ought to cherish His will, not conforming to the world, but loving Jesus enough to honor Him, offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Psalm 34, 8. I love this. The psalmist says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> the things of the world will leave you empty. It'll, it'll, uh, it, it'll leave you uh, feeling you know, a, a sense of emptiness on the, on the inside. The world will chew you up and spit you out and use you and abuse you. But God, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. That's the one that's blessed. And I pray that from our hearts that we'll desire to worship God, not conform to the world, that we'll cherish His will. Not my will, not your will, but His will. And His will is acceptable and perfect. Well, how are we going to know His will? We're not going to know it by conforming to the world. We're, we're not going to... We're not going to know it if we're not presenting ourselves a living sacrifice out of worship, walking with God, talking with God, so that we might cherish God's will. Taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. I'm going to ask every head bowed and every eye closed. Just think about this question tonight. Does your life show that you worship the Lord? Not just on Sundays, but each and every day. Does your life conform to the world instead of God's way? Do you cherish God's will? To live a life that honors God is to worship the Lord. That ought to be our desire. God, I want to honor you. I want to know you more. I don't want to conform to the ways of the world. That leaves me empty. It doesn't satisfy but oh, focusing on Jesus and living for Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, letting Him renew our minds that we'd not conform to the ways of the world, but we would cherish His will. Live a life that honors God. That's, that's real worship. Real worship conforms to the Lord and cherishes the ways of the Lord. What about you tonight? What about your worship tonight? What about the life that you live throughout the week. Does it honor God? If not, let's commit tonight to letting the Lord transform us from the inside out. To worship God each and every day. Not conforming to the world, but conforming to God and His Word and His will. And cherishing His will. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask tonight that You would have Your way in will. And Lord, may we truly worship You each and every day of our life, presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. That it would be acceptable to you. God, that we'd not conform, but we would cherish your will over our will and over the ways of the world. God, that we truly worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? As Donna leads us tonight, I encourage you. I encourage you to come tonight.
Would you come tonight? I encourage you to come. every head bowed and every eye closed and Lord it's our prayer right now that you would reveal where we truly are Lord we can those of us that's been in church our whole life Lord we can come to church and we can smile and put on a facade and our worship just might seem and appear to be so genuine but Lord on the inside you know something's different and Lord I pray that if we don't have real genuine worship and it doesn't transform us God that the way that we live each and every day. Lord, I pray that we'll do something about that right now. God, speak to us right now. Help us, Lord Jesus, to know what it's like to genuinely worship you, not just on Sunday, but each and every day. God, have your way and will. Speak to us right now. Move among us, and may we hear from you, and may we say yes to you and commit to you in obedience by faith in Jesus. Lord, help us. I pray that we'll respond. They're going to play through another verse. Would you come? God is speaking. Would you come? Would you come? I encourage you to come. Thank you so much for being here tonight, and it's my prayer you have a wonderful week this week, and of course, I just want to remind you about Wednesday night. I hope you'll be able to come Wednesday night. Also, men, uh, 4.30, uh, Jesus is worthy of getting up on 4.30. If the if the sorry preacher don't oversleep, <laughs> uh, we'll be here 4.30 in the morning. Come on and join us, and uh, and looking forward to Wednesday night as well. And then Mother's Day, uh, it's going to be a great day this coming Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that as well as we have... Uh, uh, child uh, dedication as well so it's going to be a great day and so uh, looking forward to that but God bless and hope you have a wonderful um, week this week and um, I'm going to ask uh, Miles if you would would you close us in prayer would you do that